nice seeing all of you here today. Appreciate you coming. Um, this time we'll look to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you that we have another year that we can celebrate our freedom, Lord. The freedom that so many fought, bled, and died for this country, Lord. But Father, I thank you even more so than that that the freedom that we have in you, Lord, that you gave your life willingly for all of us that we might have freedom from our sins through your forgiveness, Lord. Freedom that lasts eternally, Lord, that nothing can ever take away. And I praise you for that. Father, I thank you that you're an all-knowing God, a hearing God, a caring God. One that cares about all the struggles that we go through, Lord. Father, I would lift those up to you that are facing physical ailments, Lord, that you might give them a special touch of your hand. I think of those in the nursing home. I think of Betty and Erna, Lord, and the, the loneliness they have at times, Lord. And I pray that you might be their constant companion, Lord, that you might make a real sense of your presence known to them this day, Lord. Lord, uh, you brought me to this moment. You put things on my heart and mind. Father, I can't begin to share them in any kind of right order or not unless you give me that ability, Lord. So, Father, I ask, Lord, that you might take the thoughts that you've given me and you might organize them and, and bring them out in such a way that I might bring you honor and praise for ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. kind of a scary thing uh, when you think about preaching. <laughs> uh, go around in all different directions and so many different thoughts that God puts in your mind that pretty soon you get lost and you don't know which direction you should go. God asked me a question the first part of this week. I'll ask the question to you because I think it's a fair one. If you knew, started last week, or this week, whichever way you want to look at it, and you'd be standing here in this spot, would have made a difference in how you read your Bible? Would you examine it a little more closely, uh, knowing that you was going to be asked uh, to give an answer? This scripture here speaks to my heart, and I can't escape it. It starts out here, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, here Paul is starting off in the chapters, talking to the people that he'd been talking to in the previous chapters, and he's begging them. Um, when he says he beseeches them, he, he's begging them to offer themselves as a sacrifice. Now, we got to come to a conclusion here, or what is a sacrifice, or what does it mean to sacrifice? Um, I looked up at the dictionary, and sacrifices can be two different things. It, it can be a physical thing that is given, 
or it can be a sacrifice such as a person giving of themselves and time or, or sacrificing something. Uh, it always has to do with giving. Um, so that is a sacrifice. Now, we think about a sacrifice and a living sacrifice. Now, that takes on a different connotation there when you talk about a sacrifice and a living one. Obviously, when you look at the Bible and you think about sacrifices from the time of the Old Testament times, there was many sacrifices given for sin, where they take the finest of an animal or whatever and, and kill it and sacrifice it as a blood offering to God. Well, obviously, you can't have that if you're talking about a living sacrifice. Uh, so this goes on. Uh, this is taking a different note here. He's asking them to become a living sacrifice. Uh, th that doesn't mean literally that you're going to give up your life, but that you, uh, he's, he's asking for them to sacrifice themselves. Now, the question that it comes to everybody is, do you really want to be a sacrifice? Um, a sacrifice is a willing thing. Uh, you got to choose to be a sacrifice. You can't just, uh, well, you can't say that you're going to be a sacrifice, and then it, it is a conscious choice that a person makes to be a sacrifice. Um, so you wonder about that. Uh, what, what does it really mean to be a sacrifice? Or, you know, back when I was in high school, um, I became a Christian when I was 12 years old. And when I was in high school, I, I really didn't want to be a sacrifice. I don't want to be different from everybody else. I, why? I, I just want to have friends and be liked. And I don't want people to think I'm some religious, crazy person. So the best thing to do is not play that part. Just uh, do your life like everybody else. But it's interesting to find out that... Uh, a sacrifice is what everybody needs. That's kind of a strange word to say that you need a sacrifice. And sacrifice for everyone uh, looks a little bit different. Now, I, I want to read to you the, it continues on in Romans 12 here, and it, and it goes, uh, verse 3, I want to start with, it says, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who lends with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, sacrifice for each one of us might look a little different. Because there's uh, all, like, like it says here, it, it don't take a whole lot of rocket science to look out of in, at each one of you and know that we're all gifted in different areas. Uh, God asks us to sacrifice this. What, uh, what might that look like? Um, for someone that teaches, it uh, is a 
you know, to give of herself self selfishly and or unselfishly, and uh, to give herself to her students, uh, willing to to take whatever time it takes uh, to do that. Um, for a rancher, you know, you don't think much of a rancher as, as somebody, but uh, it's pretty easy to be a rancher and somehow be a little prideful because of the amount of animals you have. And come to me one morning, no one has any cows. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody says, well, I run 300 head or I run 200 head. I want to rephrase that. I want to say you take care of that many. Why do I say that? God owns the cows. You take care of them. You're the caretaker. God asked us to, to uh, I, I like this in verse 3. It says, I say through the grace given to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Again, that's part of being a sacrifice. To realize that the gifts and talents you have are God-given and not your own. Uh, they're, they're to be used for God's glory. Um, you know, not to get puffed up or prideful thinking that we've accomplished something. Uh, the smartest person, of, you know, of the universe, where did he get his intelligence? Where did that come from? He, you know, God gave him the, the capabilities. And, and so that is one of the things that I think is so needed, needed today is a sacrifice of pride. Because it, it, the, the world operates on pride. It, it, uh, everybody wants to say, hey, look at me. I'm somebody special. I, you know, I can do all this thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm smarter than you because I got all these degrees behind my name. And yet, it says not to, not to look that way, but to be humble. Uh, so I think that this is a sacrifice that God is asking us to, to, to look at. Um, now, Satan, he does the best to convince us that being a sacrifice to God is the last thing that we would want to do. Um, you know, there's many times where I, <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a time where I stood up here to preach and I would sometime during the week I'd hear a voice say, who do you think you are? Uh, you really don't have nothing to say, so, so what, do you, what do you think you got something that you could share with these people? That voice always comes. And sometimes I really struggle with it. I honestly do. I don't know. I say, well, what, what am I thinking anyway? Why am I even, why did I even uh, say I would do this? That was a bad decision, you know. But God asked us to use our talents, whatever they might be, for his glory. Um, you know, and, and sometimes that sacrifice, the biggest thing that it might come to is just time. Um, it might be time to, to be with your kids, uh, time to be with your grandkids, uh, helping them, uh, showing them how to do various things that you know how and they don't. That's a sacrifice. It, it's all too easy to say, don't bother me, I'm busy. I got something else going on, uh, uh, you know. A neighbor that needs a hand. Um, you know, you could help them. There, there's these things that you see, and yet you don't want to. You say, I don't really like that guy anyway, so why should I help him? You know, but where do these thoughts come? Uh, God put us here uh, and wants us to sacrifice, and that's what we need in our life to make us complete. 
if you got the, if you got a talent, uh, say Kathy was her playing talent. I'll pick on her. What happens if there's no piano? What if there was never anyone to play for? How, how would you be complete? How could you use your talent if there was no place to use it? God gave us these talents for a reason to glorify him, but yet if we don't or we refuse to use these talents, we can't be complete as a person. Uh, so that's why I say you think uh, when he says that we are to be a living sacrifice, uh, that is a daily thing to get up in the morning and say, okay, God, well, I'm not sure what you got going on today, but hey, I just want to walk with you, whatever you might bring my way. Um, it's scary because you don't know what that might be. And, and so it, it's, it's like that too. It says we're always supposed to be ready to give an answer. Um, so how are we, how do we make ourselves ready to give an answer? Well, look at verse 2 here as we go on. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, I, I watched the guy actually talk about this, and I liked the illustration he said. He said, okay, here's a, here's a good picture of being conformed. He says, a tube of toothpaste. How do you get anything out of it? You squeeze it. Twist it up, roll it up, whatever. You got to get the last drop out of it. You got the whole thing squeezed. Twist it up to get what you can out of it. That's a good picture of the world. That's what the world wants to do to us. They squeeze us, hammer us, try to make us into their shape, uh, try to drive their ideology into our minds that, okay, whatever they say is right, I guess that has to be right. Uh, that is the world uh, trying to conform us. Uh, they don't, Satan don't want you to pick this book up and read it. Oh, that, that'd be the worst thing you could do. And, and there's a hundred things that would be a lot more fun than to read the Bible. Um, you know, and that's a, that's a message that he comes with us every day. Well, I'm, I'm too busy. I got, I got this work that I need to get done. I, I really need to get going. I don't have time for this today. Again, that is a sacrifice. Do we really want to be a sacrifice to God? Do we really want to take the time and say, okay, I, I know that this is a, going to take 10, 15, 20 minutes out of my day or whatever, but I think God deserves it. Uh, this is what God is asking of us. Um, again, I, I like the, we think that Satan puts a thought in our mind that sacrificing is something that is not to be desired. Um, he, he's got it thinking that I sacrifice enough. I go to church every Sunday and I take my wallet out and I put money in the plate and that's a sacrifice. Really, why do I have to? What do they expect of me? Am I supposed to, that's all I'm supposed to do is sacrifice? God doesn't expect us to be miserable, and he don't expect sacrificing to him as to be to make our life miserable. Um, I, I like the way this says. Uh, 
This says John 10, 9-14 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they have, may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Again, I, I like that because how do we have life abundantly? Does that sound like life miserably? So that if God expects us to sacrifice, he doesn't expect us to be miserable. He says, I come to give them life and more abundantly. So he knows that as we sacrifice ourselves and our time and our talents to him, that we're going to find a completeness that we're looking for. Um, so this is what God asked of us to, to be uh, sacrificed. Don't be conformed to this world. Uh, you know, and that, that takes a lot. Um, I've hounded on my daughter quite a few times. I said, you know, you got to realize that whatever you put in is kind of what comes out. And, uh, you know, you don't take and make a really good tasting pie by making it out of rotten fruit. I don't think it would be very pleasing to the palate. It would have a very, eh, not very good. <laughs> but we don't consider that about what we allow into our lives. Uh, the things we listen to, I mean, I think there comes a time even when you turn on the daily news that you kind of go over there and you click. Uh, because there's so much stuff, uh, negative stuff, and, and that's, we're bombarded by this stuff all day long. Um, so I think it, it is something that we need to think about. Um, you know, in Philipp, uh, Philippians 4, 6, 8, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So this is what God says to transform our mind is... is when we spend time in the Word thinking about this. I was at work this past week by myself, and I was down there at Beaver, and I was plating the floor. And I said, God, I don't want to bring some judgmental message. I want to bring something that encourages people. I want to be an encourager. And the funny thing is, as I was painting the floor... I got to thinking about a blue healer dog. Now you might say, what's that got to do with this? You know, but God created that blue healer dog for one thing. And that's a chase. Loves to chase cows, sheep, hogs, whatever. It lives for that. That's its talent. 
And you know what? That dog is out there working. And if you could say so, that dog's got a grin on his face. Because he's out there. He's doing what he loves. He's, he's chasing that cow. He's biting him. And, and you work with that dog. And he says, you know, send the dog in. Dog gets, gets in. And the dog comes back. And the, the owner praises the dog and pats it on the head. And says, good boy. You're doing a good job. I don't know why, but I, when I seen that, I, I seen a picture of me. I'm the blue healer dog. Maybe I'm just created for one purpose. But I won't find fulfillment until I'm doing that thing. Now God sends me in. Now take this blue healer dog. What happens if it decides to go out and chase cows on its own? And it ain't... Not even supposed to be chasing them. It just says, well, I think I'll chase these over here. It's going to get in trouble. Uh, hard to say what might happen. What about us? What, how do we things work out for us when we decide to go out on our own? We don't need God's help. We don't need God's direction. We can handle this. I think the same thing might happen to us as happens to that dog that decides to take matters into his own hands and do things on his own. But yet when that dog works with its master, it's a beautiful thing to see. The dog accomplishes, moves the cattle, goes out and gets a stray that's off the side and that dog brings it into with the herd. That's what God calls us. He says, hey, take your talents. Whatever you have, and realize that I'm the one that give them to you. And, and, and just all I ask is that you give them back to me. Just give them back to me and let me use them wherever I can. Don't be concerned about what other people think. Don't let the world try and hammer you into their design. But let my spirit fill you up every day so that you can stand against all these attacks that come. Uh, so I ask, think about that. Think about using your talents for God. That's all he's asking of you. He, I don't think it's too much. Stephanie, I got a song here I'd like to play for you to close here. And I asked her to play it for me.